everyone, welcome back to the podcast in my 20s with me, your host, Bookie Smart Slagman. Today on the podcast, it's a very special episode because I have my favorite person in the world, the man, the myth, the legend, the one, the only, Dr. Smart, aka my daddy. Welcome to the podcast, Dad. Thank you very much, Bookie. <laughs> it's good to be here. Yeah, good to have you here. So, a lot of people always talk about me in terms of like how I grew up and why I'm so ambitious and confident and my outlook on life. I always say it's driven a lot from you and mommy and how you guys raised us, but most importantly, how you guys lived your life and are still living your life. And, and so that's what we want to talk about today is just maybe giving people an insight into why I think the way that I do and get some perspective you know this podcast is for people in their 20s you're no longer in your 20s so you can look back and reflect so we're going to be talking about today just like success is repetition and it's the idea that when you're in your 20s there's so much pressure to want to figure everything out and to kind of attain success very quickly right but obviously you're now in your 50s and if you think back going to 60 going to 60 very soon but you know perspective and hindsight is always important right so now that you're three decades in your career you can hopefully speak to people like myself and other people who are watching on what we can do better in our 20s so i want to read a little bit of the newsletter that i wrote around this topic and then we'll talk about your experience okay so I write, success is repetition. Repetition through faith-backed actions equals success. Although God had been consistent in showing up for the Israelites, they had not been the same with their faith. Repeating what God has told you about a dream is one thing, and that builds your faith to one level. Believing God and trusting him with the bricks of your life every step of the way is a completely different level. And it is the second level that really brings success. Asking God for something once and giving up when you don't hear back is a failure of some kind. Asking God and continuing to ask will bring success when he answers. As the Bible tells us in Matthew 7, 7, ask and keep on asking. If he's led you through one obstacle and you continue to allow him lead you through the rest, then you will get to your promised land. Okay, so, Dad, yeah. let's talk a little bit about you coming out of university or even before university you've always been a high flyer you've always been a high achieving student from primary school secondary school university so talk us through i guess when you became a bit more mature let's say like mid 16 17 18 when you were going to university what was your mindset like okay thank you very much okay for giving me this opportunity to share my vision mm -hmm. with you and the audience. First thing, I'd like to correct one impression that you made in your opening remarks mm -hmm. because you said that um, uh, there's when you're in your 20s, you're under pressure, you know, to succeed, you know, to put together your vision and all that. The first thing that I'd like to correct is don't put yourself under any pressure of whatsoever. Mm -hmm. No prayer at all. Mm -hmm. Because if you are if you just on that prayer, then you are bound to make mistakes. Mm. So many mistakes. Because you're on that prayer, you want to do. No. What is important is for you to just be focused, relax. Relax and be focused. When you are relaxed, 
you are you you can, you can take better decisions mm. than last. That's true. If you are under prayer, then you are about to fall into so many mistakes. Mm. So the best thing, the best way to approach it is relax okay. and just get focused. Okay. okay. Now, so let's 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 put that by the side. Now, <clears throat> when I was growing up and I was going to the university, and one thing that was very clear to me was that I wanted to be, I was going to make it to, I wanted to succeed in whatever career, you know, I chose. Um, just to, and I never believed in doing anything half measure. Mm. If, I, if I'm involved in anything, I want to do my best shots, I want to make sure I succeed in it. I don't believe, um, right from my background, my 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 dad particularly instilled in me this kind of confidence mm -hmm. that if anyone is doing better than you then it's your fault because that person doesn't have two heads <laughs> so you must strive to excel yeah. to be the best in any way anything you are doing mm -hmm. because the other guys who are seated with you either in the class or anywhere they have the same head one head like you, yeah. two eyes like you, <laughs> one nose like you. So wow. So I had this in my my my, my upbringing that you, you cannot be better than me. Mm -hmm. Can't be better than me. So I was put out for that. Okay. So that really um, influenced my career through all through mm. my my life. Mm. You know, to be the best in whatever in whatever field, whatever in any way I find myself. To be the best. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that was very clear. And you were. So you were top of your class. Yes. In At my school, primary school. Secondary school, school. I was the best. <laughs> all through my classes. And eventually, when we got to class five, I came up as the overall best student. I was the best, you know, graduating student from my secondary school. Yeah. When I went to the HSC2, I did the same thing. When I went to university, I did the same thing. Wow. I thank God for the grace of God. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's incredible. So you come out of university, right? You studied insurance. Insurance was very nascent, very new. I think you were the first was it first batch in your or no. second batch. No. Well, no, no, no. I was there were so many other um, insurance credits. Insurance ahead of me. Okay. Yes, it was so many. Okay. Yeah. But you studied insurance, yes. but the industry was very nascent. Yes. It's very young. Very young, yes. So, very new. Yes. so it was new. Very new. As a matter of fact, the University of Lagos was the only high institution that offered uh, health insurance okay. in the whole of Nigeria. Wow. The only University of Lagos. Okay. Yeah. So, you did very well, studied insurance, graduated. What was your mindset like when you were graduating? Was it, okay, I'm going to go and work in insurance or I'm going to start my own company? Or are you just figuring it out? Okay. One thing I left university uh, with mixed feelings. Okay. Kind of when I graduated. Uh, I say that because when I was in university, my head of department, um, who was the head of department of insurance, never believed in insurance practice mm -hmm. in Nigeria. Uh, each time he was making any reference to insurance companies, he was always quick to say, 
I'm not referring to insurance companies and love bus trips. I'm talking about the Lancashire, I'm talking about the London and the writers, I'm talking about the others. Right. And here was I, wanting to go to the same bus trips, insurance companies, <laughs> Marina, your company. I said, look, I don't believe in all of So, one of the things that I took away from there was to go and change that narrative. To say, yes, insurance companies in Nigeria can do much, much better mm. than the way this man, you know, was fighting them. Yeah. Well, you cannot believe it then, mm. you know, because there was no confidence in the insurance companies in Nigeria, mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. So I left with the mindset of changing that narrative, that we can correct this thing. And I always tell people, and one of that thing too, you know, I always tell people, some of my friends, some of my classmates then, that many of them came into insurance by accident. Mm. I never... I went straight to go and study insurance. You're very intentional. It was very intentional. Yeah. Very intentional. Yeah. So many of my friends, so many of my colleagues, they got to trust by accident. Mm. Many of them, they chose one course or the other. They couldn't fit in. Mm. Maybe call them. They didn't have enough math. They just say, okay, go to insurance. Oh, you didn't have enough math to study finance. Oh, you don't have enough math to go to insurance. So they got to insurance by accident. Right. So, and I always make guess of them. I said, look, I study, I came to insurance intentional, intentionally. Mm. Not by accident. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. today, I still say that. Yeah. You know, and I say with pride. Yeah. To the to the real world. So, so that's for me. Um, uh, is, is is a big statement to say. I went to the university to study insurance. I came out with a degree in insurance, and I'm proud to, to to say that. Unlike people, many people went to study economics. They went, to, they went to study like finance, that. they went to study one thing or the other, they just found themselves. Right. In insurance. Sure. So it's a different topic. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then when you, okay, so when you were coming out, you said you came out with, with mixed feelings. Yes. You knew you wanted to change the narrative. To change the narrative. So yes. what did you do when she, when she came out of university? Did you get a graduate job or did you start your own business? All right. When I came from, when I finished from the university, I was lucky, I was posted. To Abuja to do my youth studies, and I was lucky to get um, a, a friend, you know, who recruited me to do my NYC with them, um, and the Jones Booking Firm. And then, by the grace of God, I excelled. I did very well. In fact, most of my colleagues in uh, Abuja, you know, never even believed I was doing my NYC because I was doing so. I was doing Full work. Right, as, yes. a, as a full employee, as not employee. as a youth yeah, service. Yeah, So, to, to, the, to, to, to the extent that as I was finishing, the, 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 the company uh, engaged me and they wanted me to head the Abuja branch wow. of, of the company. After a year? After, yes, after a year. Wow. They wanted me to head the Abuja branch of the office because they were so impressed. Because while I was working, nobody knew I was an NYC mm. person. Mm. And I was working just like a normal yeah. employee. Yeah. And I gave this my all, which, like I said to you, I already had this, you know, from my growing up, that yeah. whatever you, whatever you're doing at all, is what doing well. Wow. So I gave them my all and everything. And people that came to my office never believed I was doing NYC. I mm. worked fully as, as, as if I was a full-time okay. employee. And so, such to the extent that as soon as I finished, they gave me an employment to, not only to work, to head, yeah, the branch, the branch, wow. that's a branch. Of 
course I declined. I turned it down. And one of my colleagues then said first I was stupid. Why did you turn it down? I turned it down because I look at the Abuja environment. Abuja was just coming up. And more all not most, all the offices, either insurance companies or bank, one of them, they were all branch offices. And I was looking at the future, not at the time. Okay. So I felt if I if I wanted to change job, it would be difficult for me to change job. Mm. Because I, all the all, all the offices there, they were all branches. branches. So all their branch headquarters, the main branch. offices. Yes. Okay. So all their head offices were all in Lagos. Okay. So I felt I would be limited. Mm. You know, I, if I wanted to change office, I won't be able to change up. That's why I told them, I said, look, let me just go to Lagos. I'm going to face mm. life okay. there in Lagos. So I turned it down. Okay. And most of my friends felt I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> because so many people were roaming around the, the streets with no job. Yeah, you got a job. Yeah. And you turned it down. Yeah. I, found you I was looking beyond mm. that time. I was looking beyond that. Mm -hmm. Look, I was not put out for, oh, right up there. Let me go to the uh, Lagos and face it clearly and okay. get a good job. Okay, so you had done one year in Abuja then? I finished my university. And then you left and went, and to, Lagos. Left and went to Lagos. And you got a job in Lagos. And I got a job in Lagos. So what was that next job? What was? The next job. Okay, the next job I got was Nigerian French Insurance Company. Okay. Limited. It was a brand new insurance company then. Very good company. And it was a new company. And then. I was part of the start job of the company. Okay. Yeah. So I got a job. I got a job when I got to Lagos about after three, four months. Okay. Of my job hunt. Yeah. I got that job. Okay. It was advertised. I saw an advert and I applied and they found me and I was successful. Chosen. Yeah. Okay. So how was your time at Nigerian French? Oh, great. That's where I cut my teeth. An insurance person, I learned so many things. I learned so the, I learned to um, practicalize all that I I learned in school. Okay, so everything you had studied was now in practice. You were now in practice, yeah. and I was privileged to to understand and and practicalize all the various classes of insurance. Mm -hmm. It was a great privilege because at that time. Not many people had that kind of opportunity. Most people were limited to one class of business. Mm. They just recruit them, put them in this particular department, science yes. department, mm. put this one in motor department, put this one in my. But in my own case, I was able to do everything. Do everything. Okay. Because it was a young company, and so there was no clear cut demarcation. Mm, like hierarchy. Yeah, no, in, in, in terms of departments. Okay, departments. Yes. Okay. So we're doing everything together. Yeah. Or okay. if you bring, bring motor, well, I'll do it. Okay. Bring fine, I'll do it. Okay. Bring, the older company, because it was your company, the the old companies then, mm -hmm. they had these departments. Mm -hmm. So they recruit you specifically. That's it. You are posted to fire departments. Mm -hmm. So all you do, you'll be doing will be fire. Fire insurance. Yes. Okay. If you will lose another person, say you are put to motor department, all you'll be doing all your life. Motor well, some of them were like that. They, they were in that one department for 10 years, 15, 20 years. Wow. Yes. So the only thing they knew was just mm. that thing. That specific thing. So, but that was lucky. Mm. Like I said, it was a new company, so I was opportunity to do everything. To do virtually everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that really helped me much later in life. Mm. 
Okay, so at this point you're in your mid-twenties, right? Yes, I was in there. In Nigerian French. In French. And I think lucky for you, you had studied something, enjoyed it, started working, enjoyed it, was very good at your job, right? Because you put your best into it. What about, was it was it ever a time where you may have had any doubts or you thought, hmm, is this what I want to do for sure? Like even within those couple of months when you moved back to Lagos yes. before you go Nigerian French. Yes. At any point, you know, did other people say, oh, maybe you want to go and work in finance, maybe you want to go into banking, maybe you want to do something else? Or was it like a conviction that was built for insurance that, you know what, I think I like this enough to want to pursue it through and through? I had that conviction, hmm. 100%. I never had any doubt in my mind that I wanted to pursue a career in insurance. Hmm. There was no time I felt, oh, maybe I should have gone to oil company. Back in school, uh, if, if you go to engineering or something, I've never. Mm. So, insurance, I squarely. I love it. If I went to school, I remember that, like I said, that it was only the University of Lagos that was offering a course in insurance at the blue level. Okay. So, insurance was very new at the time. Very mm. new. As a matter of fact, I remember from, from where I grew up, yeah. when I got. Uh, admission to live insurance. Then people were surprised. Insurance? Really? Is that a cost like that? Mm. So many people mm. were, were surprised to say that. So that on its own gave me um, that kind of impetus mm. to say yes, this line how to pursue it. Mm. You know, it's all everything I know. Yeah. Okay. So you then went into Nigerian French. You were privileged to do a lot of things. You really cut your teeth. You built really, really good experience. You're a couple of years into your 20s. And then you go from Nigerian French into a different company. Yes. So let's talk about that jump. What made you think of leaving? All right. Um, when I got to Nigerian French, like I said, I was very dedicated. Everything I was doing, I was doing it with the best of retention and all of that, excellence, you know, and all of that. And I happened to be, I came out as the best in my department, that department where I was, a general business department, that's what we call it, okay. a general business department. I was, I was the best in that department. So at the time, I remember my, my boss, late now, virtually all the jobs pushed to me mm. because was sure to get the result and we wanted the result and all that. So instead of the man giving that job so that we will push them to me. Mm -hmm. So I was like being overworked. Mm. You, you get so and it was in that process that another job offer came. Okay. It was in that process that another job offer came. Okay. Just in as if it was intentional mm. for me to leave. Yeah. But you know when you are when you well, by, by, by God's grace and through days of hard work, someone who had um, been watching me over time, you know, and he got a job offer to be the MD of a company and was trying to put his team together. Okay. And he just came for me and said, I've been watching this guy for quite a while. He will be uh, definitely a, a team, will be a very good person, a member of my team. And then 
thing for me. So I want to talk a little bit about like when you're in your twenties and there's a lot of decision making, you know, maybe people now it's more, it's easier for people to kind of move jobs and careers and things like that. But what would you say about, you know, the line between, so you talk about being, you know, overworked, yes. right? Yes. The, where is that line where it's like, okay, I'm maybe doing too much. I'm overworking. Maybe I'm feeling like they're not paying me enough. When do I know if I should stay here and continue working, put my head down, maybe even ask for an increase in pay or something like that, or assess other opportunities and maybe even take them? Because of course, this new job, you didn't know it. It was a, also a startup, right? So you're almost going to come in as a co-founder. But in Nigerian French, you had already learned a lot. You had done so much. It was also a startup where you guys all were building from the ground up together. So yeah what would you what would you say about that okay what my 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 advice is that money should not be priority hmm. money shouldn't be priority at all okay yeah the best thing is to be grounded in the job that you are assigned to do be grounded make sure you know virtually everything about it hmm. that should be the basis not money oh they are not compensating me well. Oh, I'm not getting enough. No, mm -hmm. that should be secondary. That should be secondary. If you know the job very well, offers will come. Yeah, offers all over. Mm -hmm. Because the truth of the matter is that when I was in Nigerian French, like I said, I was going overworked. But that that was an advantage to me later on because. While I live, when I even left Nigeria French for another insurance company, okay, someone who, who there was another company that was set up, and they needed somebody who uh, who knows a lot about general business, and they came for me. Meanwhile, they have left that company. Mm -hmm. When they were looking, they were searching for people. Mm -hmm. You know, they couldn't find the right person. Mm -hmm. Someone now recommended. To go to Nigerian French. There's someone doing, There's someone doing that kind of job who will be able to fit in. Wow. Meanwhile, I had already left hmm. Nigerian French at the time. Wow. You know? Mm -hmm. And so they came for me when I was in my new office wow. to say, please come. And they gave me an offer. Hmm. Yes. In the new, from the new company. From the new company. Wow. I, they gave me an offer. Big offer for that matter. But I turned it down mm -hmm. because I felt it was too early to leave. Because it was barely, it was it was even up to one year. Okay. In my that my new company, mm -hmm. I so I felt it was it was that I would be jumping and mm -hmm. I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Like if I was going to do my new company, let me take some time, you know, establish um, um, yourself. The yes and everything before I can, you know. So the where I'm going is this. It was because I was already grounded. I knew a lot. Of, so it wasn't money that mm -hmm. was that was focus focus on. I wanted to. You know, to grasp virtually everything about my my line of business, mm. and that paid paid for paid paid mm. you know, because people were now looking for me all over the place because I they knew oh this guy oh. he has mm. he knows about this thing so once we get it we are there yeah I think that's such a great point because I think sometimes like in your twenties you want to go from here to here yes. and 
these days, I don't, you know, a lot of people in their 20s were not as patient yes. as I would say maybe back in your time. Yes, yes. I think there's a, there's definitely the pursuit of money yes. and wealth, yes. uh, you know, and status and power yes, and things and like that. So we just want to jump. Oh, this job isn't yes. paying me. Well, I'm going to jump to another one. Yes. You're not really taking time to hone in on your craft. Yes. Master, Master your lane, you yes. know, yes. know everything, everything about anything that, okay. that has to do with what yes. you're doing, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, now, and now, let me just quickly um, digress. Mm -hmm. Not only digress, but in a, in a, a long line mm -hmm. of this book. I had this friend then who was who was quite brilliant. Mm -hmm. Made the first class from university. Mm -hmm. He was jumping. Oh, you know, for me. Now he ran into trouble because at the point nobody wanted to employ him. They, they felt we will not see. Mm -hmm. We will not see. Mm -hmm. And then he now made a move. That move now, now was now a wrong move. Wow. And he ended his career prematurely. Wow. Yeah, he couldn't proceed. Meanwhile, he was stuck. Mm. Nobody wanted to touch him. Mm. Because he felt, ah, this one will not stay. Yeah. Will not stay. So nobody wanted to touch him. Yeah. So that's why he ended his career. And today, as I speak to you, he's, he's struggling. Mm. He's struggling. Mm. So, so that's the danger. That's the danger. He just. Just jumping, jumping. Jump 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 oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Pay me one, one dollar higher. Oh, yeah. Move. Mm. Ah, get there. Oh, this one wants to go. Oh, yeah. Come on, come. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Today, I'm sure if he sits down, I'm sure he will have that kind of regret. Mm. You know, he will have that kind of regret. Of not sitting of in one place, yes. honing yes. his craft, mastering Mast it, yes. at least for some time. For some time. Yes. Before, before he yes. then. Okay, so let's talk about perpetual insurance. Okay. You got the offer from Nigerian French yes. and you were joining in what capacity in perpetual? I joined as owner staff. Okay. And I was a um, like founding member. A founding member. And then I was number three in terms of ranking mm -hmm. in the organization then. Okay. Uh, after the MD, we had someone who was. Um, much older and more experienced than I am, and then who is next to the, who was next to the MD then? Then I came in as the third and one. Okay, that's incredible. Yeah, like being in your twenties. Yeah. Yes, I was in my twenties then. You were probably like twenty-six. Yes. Or so. Yeah, I was twenty-seven, whatever. Yeah. Yes. That's pretty incredible to be so high yeah. up within. Age. Yeah, at that age, yeah. did you feel? a lot of did you feel any pressure at all because i imagine your your classmates you know you said the uh, the two other people that were in the company were much older more experienced you know talk me to through that process what were you thinking when you joined the company being back well, in Ohio? yeah you know how people were i had this kind of maturity you know and by the way of course you know that age has nothing to do with my maturity mm -hmm. As young as I was then, I was very matured. And I was very focused. I knew what I wanted. Mm. You know, you know what people at that time, uh, at the age, at my age then, they were very reckless. Mm. You know, with money, they were reckless. They didn't have um, any focus. Any focus. No direction. No direction because they had access to money. Mm. They were just, you know, 
all over the place and all that. But I was not. Mm. I was not. I was just focused. Despite my position, like you said, I was quite young, 20s. And I was getting good money, good money. I could have been flying all over the place, enjoying myself, going to partying, doing all that. But I never did. Mm. I never did. And it was it was a shock to many of my friends. Because I was high up by the grace of God, many of them were still very and I was still myself. Mm. I didn't lose it at all. Mm. I was focused, I was cool, and I was myself. I was just doing my work. Mm. I was pursuing my career. Mm. You know, so um, and that that's what I will equally advise that look, um, whatever maturity is very important because if you don't you need to mature to your position. Mm. So many people they'll be carried away mm. by little success. And I know people who were carried away by little success and of course they delayed. Mm. They couldn't pursue the day. So when you say little success, mm. what do you mean? Like you're doing well, you're doing yeah. Yeah, well, maybe well. started making a little bit more money. Yeah, making more money, attaining a very high position mm. at a young age. Mm. That's little success. And then they get uh, you get distracted. Yes, mm. carried away. Okay. Yeah, carried away. Ah, it's me. You know, you just look at it. And once you, once you lose track, mm. it's always difficult to come back. Come back. It's always difficult. Mm. So the best thing is just to get there. Yeah, that focus. Mm. Mature into that position. Mm -hmm. Mature to that income, and then don't allow everything to delay you into into so that you can so that you don't you don't lose direction of focus. Mm. Where where did that come from? I know a lot of it was like your upbringing and your dad. Yeah. Where also you know there's so many distractions in your twenties. So, so many, many yes. decision making times. People are like getting married, yes. starting new jobs, yeah. moving jobs, yeah. discovering themselves. Right, because that's the first time yes. you're like yeah. independent. Yeah. So where did that sort of sense of like direction and focus come from? Of course, you have the conviction of okay, I want to be in insurance and do this. But how did you not let yourself be swayed by okay, I'm making money now, or I'm now in a good position? Just let me flex things like that. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, all has to do with uh, maturity. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you have, you need to have. I can do this spirit. Yes. And this spirit that look at that eternal age, I wasn't looking at my age as a small boy. Mm. I was looking at me and Yes, I can do it. Yeah. Yes, I'm a good up now. Mm. And I was, I was then, look at, I was 26, 27. And I looked at, I said, someone like, um, we had one, um, we had this head of state, General Gowon. He was 30 something when he became head of state. Yeah. So, so for me, there was nothing I was doing that was extraordinary. Mm. I didn't see as anything extraordinary. I first, if somebody took me as head of state at 32 or 38, so mm. it was if I, I became a manager, I started a short time or two, something, well, what's that? It's extraordinary. Mm. It's normal. Mm. So, at first, it was normal. Okay. I didn't see it as an extraordinary thing. So because I felt it was normal, so that didn't make me to uh, to see myself as an extraordinary person. I just felt it was normal. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's yes. Fine. Yes. Normal. But how did you let yourself not be distracted? Was it the kind of friends that you kept, which I know like 
for you company is always very important the people you surround yourself with yes. was it mentors that were also directing you and kind of keeping you on the straight and narrow for me i always say it's you and mommy kind of always steering my ship and you know talking through my decisions and also encouraging me you know things like that um to to, to be honest i think i think i think i just believe in myself at that time i had some friends that could distract me mm -hmm. happened happened but i think i just i would just focus on myself on my career hmm. i would just i had many friends at that time don't forget that when i was when i started work i had a car mm. my dad gave me one that a big car yeah. i was using there <laughs> so that car itself was an attraction for so many people. Mm. So many people say, oh, yeah, there's a party going on in Bada, let's go to Bada. There's one going on in there. And I couldn't do yes, that because could. I had money and I had resources then. But mm. I, I didn't allow that to influence me. Mm. I was just myself. Mm. I was just myself, mm -hmm. you know? So that's why, um, even though we, we have friends like that, but just be yourself, yes. I was myself. Mm. I didn't allow my success to get to my head. Mm -hmm. I didn't allow my friends to influence me. Mm -hmm. You know, I had friends and who, who could say, oh, let's go and do party from morning to night and all of that. And all that. I won't tackle that. Yeah. I would just say, I'm sorry. I'm, I won't be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So I was focused mm -hmm. and I was myself. I didn't allow anything that would make me to just distract or to derail mm -hmm. from that set goal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, that there were so many distractions. I didn't allow that. Ladies were distracted, were like distractions then. Mm. So many ladies, they wanted to, oh, because this guy, you know, at this age, he has, I didn't allow that to distract myself. Mm. Yeah. Incredible. Okay. So you're a perpetual now, you're number three. And yeah, tell me about your time there. I know you climbed up the ranks as well from number three to kind of number two. Yeah. So how how did you do that? Well, you know, when, like I said, the guy who coached me mm -hmm. from Nigerian French, he looked at my age, he looked at uh, uh, my experience, and he said, oh, this guy should be ahead of me. So he got, he got one guy to be number two. And look at my age. And in fact, the age difference between me and the other guy then was close to about eight years or so. Okay, wow. Yeah, or eight or nine years. Okay. Yeah. So he used that. Mm. I look at my experience too. I just finished from university, the other many years. Yeah. So that guy has finished and all. So he combined all of that and he said, Oh, this one's best for me, number two and number three. Mm. As in mind. Yeah. But within a year, the guy was wild by the work rate, mm. the hard work, the results. Within a year, he moved me up. Mm. He moved me up. So I was a part with the other guy. And before you know it, he moved me up higher and became number two. Number two. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you're number two. Yeah. How, how, did, you, how did that make you feel? Like I said, you didn't change anything. Yeah. I think you have to help me. You were still... I was just myself. Just still keeping on. I was just myself. Okay. Fine. Thank you. Uh, thank God. This one. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm fo I focus on 
Like what? Mm. Yeah, like all those, all those um, little success that I got. Like, mm. I always call it to distract me. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so what was your goal at, as number two? Right. So you came into the company, founding, founding member. Um, you're number three, then you became number two. So what was the goal for you at that time? Was it becoming MD? Maybe after the MD retired, was it okay? I'll just stay in this position, but just grow in it. You know, grow the company as well. Things like that. Yeah. Okay. My my goal really then to be frank to be frank is not not really to become the MD of the company. My goal was to to combine with my team members to make the company a very solid one of the best companies in Nigeria. Mm. That was my goal. Mm. That to make the company a very, very big company. Mm. You know, so that when the company is big, then I too um, share the rewards. Yes. Mm. That was my that was my what goal. Was your goal. Okay. Yeah. But that goal was not quite uh, realized. So it was, it was uh, yeah. I, I didn't realize <laughs> that. Kind of cut cut short. Yes, I didn't realize that goal. And let's talk yeah. about why. Well, I didn't realize that goal because um, I think my values were totally different from that of my MD at the time. Mm -hmm. So there was misalignment of values. There was misalignment. Okay. My values were totally different, and. The day I realized that I didn't realize that at the, at the initial stage, mm -hmm. you know, I thought that we were aligned mm -hmm. uh, in terms of values and all that. And I don't forget, I was quite young and all mm -hmm. that. So I was working that way. My goal, like I said, was to be part of a team that will build a very solid company. Mm -hmm. It's a company, you know, that will stand the test of time mm -hmm. until something happened along the line and I got discovered that. I was on my own. That those values <laughs> Very were totally, totally different. Wow. And then they occurred to me that I was in the wrong company. Hmm. And I made attempts to to leave. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So that must have been really difficult because you had been at Perpetual then for about maybe four years. I was I was perpetual, yes, yes, for about four years. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, there was really the company. Yeah. I went extra mile, mm. you know, to to build the company. Mm. I went extra mile. I did so many things, you know. I took so many risks, mm. took so many risks, just in the interest of the company. Mm. Interest of the company. I was never focused on what I was going to benefit or what I was going mm -hmm. to do. All my focus was on the company. Let's build a very solid company, you know. Then. Something happened, like I said, and it just occurred to me that I was in the wrong company because my values were totally different. So very different. Yes, my goal was totally different from the other team members. Yeah. And it was then I just made up my mind. I was that I should I had to exit. Mm -hmm. I had to exit the company. Okay. So because I know this story. <laughs> right there was it was it was really one day it was like the the straw that broke the camel's back yes. right the one fateful day yes. when things just started to unravel yes so let's talk a little bit about that day right because i want to then transition into how you then felt you needed to leave and then get another job so let's start you wake up in the morning as you do 
you resume work at a client's so a client's meeting so your role is your role is essentially bringing in new business like growing yes. clients and all of that acquiring clients so let's look through that well like you already said i woke up one week flowing around and i think i want to thank god because it was god that wanted me that thing to uh, to happen that way otherwise i would have just been working for nothing mm -hmm. you know like I said, my goal when we, when we started that company was look, let's build this company, let's develop this company, let's make this company to very good and very big. Very great. I know that I will benefit from mm. you know, from that. So this this day, I went out as usual, went to see one of my clients, and then this client had a claim, and uh, was to pay our claim, and all that. Oh, oh, they say, oh, as soon as they saw me, they were so I said, okay, yeah, thank, uh, thank God, it's okay. Um, we have this claim with your company, uh, you have not sent your check. And I went to the company, and the place for, for that place with my office was less than 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. But we're in the same vicinity. Okay. So I just, oh, said, oh, you have the check in a couple of hours. Mm. And I was so confident and all of that. And I waited for me to get to the company, and I saw the, I went to the accounts department, I saw the accountant, and I was doing this. To my shock, greatest shock. When did not say I wasn't shocked? I was shocked. He just said, "Oh, uh, we don't have cash now. It was it wasn't unusual for me. Mm -hmm. Yes, very unusual for me. Okay, no problem. We don't have cash now. Okay. Then I said, then we now went, you know, um, discussing the issue of cash. And I said, okay, I, I understand you don't have cash. I don't have any problem with that. My cash will call investment so that this can." And make this obligation and all that. So to break an investment, to to break make it liquid so that you could get cash, cash and settle the claim. Okay. Then that was where that the shock sense. came from. And the man said, Which investment are you talking about? Which investment? <laughs> I pretended as if I didn't hear him. And I said, Please, we are not joking here. Let's be serious. And I discovered that it was, it was real. No investment. Millionaires invest. I don't have a future. And being the man uh, in charge of marketing, mm. of course, uh, I knew what you were bringing yeah. from all over the world. So it was, it was a shock to me. Mm. If I was not involved in marketing, I could see maybe the company you know, is not doing well. Mm. Okay. So you had been acquiring the clients, yes. getting the cash in. Getting cash in. So I knew the company. I knew we were bringing quite a number of, a number of, quite a number of income. So I knew the company was okay. Mm. Yeah, with what I were bringing in. So to say that these monies that we were bringing in, they are not the system. <laughs> it's not it, it was unbelievable. Mm. It was unbelievable. In fact, that day, my spirit just went down. Mm. That day, it was like as if I should just exit the company same minute. Wow. Because it was, I was shocked. Yeah. I was totally shocked to say, ah. So millions, we have not been saving for the living day. Millions, there is no future in this company. Yeah. Millions, this company is just there for today. It's not going to be there for tomorrow, mm. which eventually happened anyway. Mm. That changed my my perspective about the company mm. immediately. 
immediately. And it was evident. Everybody saw it in me. Let me. And it was in that moment that I started looking for work. Mm -hmm. I just needed to close it to and so you find a job advert within a week or two from yeah. that happening. Yes. And back then, they used to run job ads without advertising the name of the company. Yes. So they just put a position, and in your case, it was general manager, yes. CEO. Right? CEO, CEO of, of an insurance company. And so you applied, you get shortlisted, you still don't know the name of the company, you you pass, they've chosen you as the person they want, and then you find out the company. What happens next? Well, there was this job advert. Before then, before then, there were, I was not looking for any job adverts. There were so many adverts in papers, mm. and I would just even not bother. Mm. Because like I said, it wasn't my intention to leave. To leave. Uh -huh. I was just focused on building the company and all of that. So, but it was, that moment that that thing happened, I just decided I was going to you know, look for another job. Mm -hmm. So I got this advert, I saw this advert, that a friend introduced, I applied, I applied for the job, and then they invited me for interview with many, with about 10. They, I scaled the first hurdle, I moved to the next stage of the interview. At this time around, they narrowed down to about four posts. Mm -hmm. So after the four, they picked me as uh, the person that they wanted. And then, um, this, uh, right from the first stage of the interview, we had asked for the name of the company. Mm -hmm. They didn't disclose it. When we got to the second stage, uh, we asked, it was not disclosed. And then when I now, when they now pick me as um, the candidate and the preferred candidate, I then ask for the company. So then they now disclose it, and I went to I immediately. I didn't want to go. It was a no go. It was not a good day. Not good day. So, but the consultants, you know, persuaded me to say, "Why will you come this far?" And then just pardon um, the hand to hand. That why don't you just wait and introduce you to the chairman of the company mm -hmm. and then if you have questions you can throw questions five questions to the chairman of the company if you are not convinced mm -hmm. then you can take a walk and the person will to stay on and i said okay let me at least i will not introduce anyway yeah okay, so let me speak uh, to the chairman yeah so they, they organize a meeting between the chairman and i and, and as you see the rest is now it's history okay but what I want to really get into is when you joined Vigilant back then, it's called Vigilant Insurance. Um, you MD CEO. First of all, you joined general manager CEO. You joined with not what you thought you were going to get. Yes. Right. So the chairman had persuaded you to come on board, even though you were like, "This is not for me." And the reason you said that was because the company was not doing well. It was not liquid at all. It was not great. It was not liquid. It was not liquid. So imagine you had left perpetual because it was not liquid. Yes. And then vigilance was also not liquid. It was, was even worse. It was even worse. It was worse. <laughs> right? Yes. But why did you join? No, I still, no. The chairman was able to persuade me. Mm -hmm. You know? The chairman convinced me that, oh, 
No, that yeah, that, that he had money set aside to pump it to the company that he knew mm -hmm. that the company was illiquid. He mm -hmm. knew. Those are the things he knew. That he knew, but he has already set aside some money. Mm -hmm. And the only reason he didn't put the money in the company was to prevent the management then from um, from uh, uh, spending the money mm -hmm. that he had kept the money in his reserve in his own reserve, mm -hmm. waiting for a new MD to come in before pumping the money into the company. That was how he convinced me. Which and is logical. Which makes logical. Sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. That, oh, if I put the money there, these people, they will spend, spend it the necklace there. Yeah. So I didn't want them to do that. I was waiting for the new right. MD to, the right MD to come in, and then I would not put the money into the company so that the new person can manage it efficiently. Mm -hmm. That was logical, and I was convinced. Mm -hmm. I was convinced. So, I took, the, I took the job, I resigned for Perpetua, I took the offer from Bigger Okay. Only to discover that <laughs> the man deceived me. This highest deceit of me. <laughs> the man deceived me big time. Because there was no money anywhere. There was no money anywhere. There was no money anywhere. By the way, the consultant who recruited me happened to be an uncle to the chairman. Interesting, okay. Happened to be an uncle to the chairman. So, and I'll tell you what he told me, and I won't forget, I will never forget. Now, so, he organized, you know, of course he was there at the meeting with the chairman, where the chairman said, that's money, that's mm. money. Uh, but because these people, they are bad managers, if I put the money, they will spend it. So, mm. Of course, without that kind of uh, mindset, I resume, hoping that the money will be brought into the company. Made available. Yes. First week went, nothing. Second week, promises upon promises. Oh, the money is coming tomorrow. Tomorrow is coming tomorrow. Money is coming tomorrow. Then, when it was about a month plus, initially I had problems with people to get a car <laughs> for me as CEO. <laughs> And Herculean task. There was no car. <laughs> it was like, remember, I was using a, a new car in the company I left, in perpetual insurance. Yeah. I was new, a brand new car. And the car was barely two years old hmm. when I resigned. Hoping to come in here, of course, as CEO, yeah, to get a, new a bigger, bigger car. There was no car for me to drive. That was the first um, red flag. Yeah, red flag. No car. Said, but you know, I had this courage hmm. in my in perpetual. They came to beg me, they even came to beg my wife to say, Oh, this company you have gone to, you say, The company is in Comatozo, <laughs> so better reverse. Come we, back. We say come back. We, 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 in fact, they even offered me a higher position. I left as AGM. They come, they come, they came back to me to say, Oh, if you come back, we're ready to give you ED. Okay, wow, we're ready to give you ED just to convince you that we need you. Hmm. But, my wife too was convinced that I should go back, but I said, no way, can't go back to Egypt. <laughs> that was my son. I said, I won't go back to Egypt. Wow. So I said, no way. So I said that I would, I would uh, have this courage and have this feeling within me that, look, just press on, mm. press on, forget about the past. Mm. So, now what did I do? After over a month, it was obvious that I was deceived. I was deceived mm -hmm. big time. Now, what did I do? And I went back to the consultant. Like I said, 
he his role was not only a consultant. Yeah, he had he had interest. He had interest yeah. because he happened to be a relation of the chairman. Mm. So I went to him with um, annoyance. I said, "You deceive me. Mm. Deceive me." I said, "There's no problem. I will uh, leave the company. I will resign from the company." Mm. And I said, "I will go back home." Meanwhile, I was not ready to go back to my former mm. company. I just said I would resign. I go back. I said I know that by grace of God, within three months, I will get something from it and my job. Mm. So that was what I went to this man. But man told me something very profound, and I will never forget. He said, "You know, you are a very smart young man. You are very smart. You are brilliant. You are a young man." He said, "I have to be sincere with you." Um, your chairman is my nephew. I don't know his pocket. He, I only believe what he told me. Just like he told you that I've set, set aside some money. Mm. I be, because I don't know his pocket. Mm. Uh, so it, if he, that was the same thing he said to me. That was what he told me. Mm -hmm. I never doubted him. Mm -hmm. He said, but as this ah, I want to, I want you to see this company as a company that belongs to your father mm. this company belongs to your father your father is on the sick bed and he has told you that look that he will soon die and he now says to you i don't have anything in your world the only thing i have is this certificate of insurance. Mm. That's the way to my heart. Mm. I don't have any inheritance, I don't have any house, I don't have any asset, I don't have anything. The only thing is, give me a certificate of insurance. Mm. And that's the only thing I can give to you. So, and I will leave, and I will give you this certificate. So, whatever you like, and do with it. Wow. So, that's, this is how I want you to see this company. Hmm. I don't have any money anywhere else. Hmm. That was a statement the man made to me. And honestly speaking, when I left his office that day, I changed my perspective on everything. Hmm. I made up my mind I was not going to go and pursue it because before then, I was busy pursuing the chairman for hmm. money, for mm -hmm. money, for money. Mm -hmm. That day, I forgot about asking the man for money. Hmm. I said, okay. This is a company bequeathed uh, to me mm. by my father. He's on, on the sick, sick bed, waiting to die. Mm. And the man said to me, I don't have money, I don't have asset, I don't have anything. The thing I'm leaving behind is this deal is certificate, whatever you like. Do. And that made me mad. I made me mad. I was able to go and beat that man for money again. I would go and walk. I would not have this money in the company. Mm. Wow. That's, that's a big risk. Yeah. That's a huge risk yeah. because yeah. when you joined yeah. Vigilance Insurance, you were newly married. Yes. You married. had Yemi, who was under a year yes. around that point. Yes. You know, so it was a huge risk yes. to undertake yes. personally. Yes. So, how did you navigate that within family and then also, you know, having those 
maybe conversations with yourself today, you know what, I have to make this work somehow. It was a big risk, like you mentioned, it was a big risk, but I had this inner uh, courage mm. pushing me mm. to say, yes, you can do it. Yes, you can do it. And by you can do it, like take the company from where it was. From where it was, yes. To make to, it great. To make it work, yes. Mm. Okay. Yes, I have this courage. <laughs> we, I, I faced so many years. Number one, the company was at the verge of of collapse. Mm. At the time, they categorized uh, the the insurance supervisor went and did an inspection okay. of all the insurance companies, mm -hmm. and they had three headings: healthy. Failing field. Wow. Yes. Healthy failing field. And this company was categorized as failed. Wow. Yes. So we have healthy <laughs> failing failed. And they're failing their own. They, they are failing, but they can, they can turn around. Yes. That's right. But this one was failed. Hmm. As on the verge of collapse. Yes. Yeah. So it's like they were waiting to collect the license. Mm. And that was the arbitrary of the company. So that was the first challenge I faced when I got to the company. And I saw that something failed. So I sought audience with the head of the supervisory board, the commission, commission the, the commissioner for insurance. I saw it was not commissioner, but that was not the title then. Mm. It was a, a, I think it was a supervisor or something. Mm. So I sorted with, with him and I I went there to prostrate, to beg him. I told him, I said, please give me six months. Wow. Yes. So please give me six months. And after six months, you can come around. If you see pray that this company is going to well, you can close it. Because mm -hmm. they, were, they were about to close the company. Mm -hmm. Wow. They were about to close because they have, they have marked it as failed. Mm -hmm. yeah, failed. So they were able to close the company. Because failed means you don't have any rights to leave again. Mm -hmm. yeah, because you are failed. Yeah. Failing, they, they just advise them, they give them some time. For them to yeah to do certain things they come back so I, I was indirectly telling him to classify it as, as failing, failing. Mm -hmm. so the man said young man why did you go into this company <laughs> in the first place I said I didn't know I said I didn't know I said I had already resigned from my company you found out. before I found out that this was a state of the country. He said, okay, all right, I'll grant you a request. Wow. It was later that the man told me, because the man was was shocked, let me put it that way, mm. about the turnaround mm. that, that, that happened in the company. It was later that he told me that even though I said to him six months, he said, I just like this young man. Mm. He said, oh, six months. So he said, he told his inspectors that don't go to that company until one year. Wow. You know? Yeah. I said six months. Mm. So I was expecting them that they would come. They never came. You know, I never knew that it was his only instruction. To make it a year. One year. That's wow. Then I said, yeah, I want to assist this young man. But six months is pressure for you. Yes. Serious pressure. Serious pressure. Yes. To Serious turn pressure. things around. Oh, yes. Quite well, significantly. I don't say that 
just to just price of time. Yes, mm. yeah. I just say that it wasn't as if I was fully consistent, but I just felt that this is important to give you something. Mm. And so that uh, so our known to me as God will have it. He told, he said, he told his inspectors, don't go to that company. Wow, wow. God has turned things around. Hmm. So what, what were what were the key things that you you learned in that period? Yeah, I learned number one. I had made so many connections when I was in perpetual. Mm. Like I said, in perpetual, I I made a lot of sacrifices. Mm. I used of hard work and everything. So I leveraged mm. on those, those relationships. And mm. I leveraged when I was in that. Mm. So many of those clients. They just cut off from perpetual and just moved with you moved to brilliant. Okay. So I never even that and things were just, you know, picking up. Picking up. Yeah. Hmm. That. Okay. Did you ever doubt? I never doubted. I never doubted. Hmm. I never doubted. Not even for a one minute. I never doubted. Hmm. Not even for one minute. You know. So I left your those relationships and then this now began to move you know, gradually, of course it was gradual, you know, making small stuff progress and all that. And you know, within okay, I came to Gilas in nineteen eighty nineteen ninety-five. Just before I was born. Yeah. <laughs> in nineteen ninety-eight, literally eight. Mm -hmm. This was a company that were owing salaries when I joined and all of that. Wow. They couldn't meet up with the with field of education and all of that. In 1998, we, we bought, I bought a brand new car. Wow. A brand new car. To the extent that when I took the car to the chairman for him to bless the car for me, the man was crying. Mm. I was like crying. And why is he Bless his car. This is <laughs> he said he never believed his that the company, this company, that could not even afford to buy a Tokumbo car. For you. Yes. Initially. <laughs> yes. Will now be the same company that would buy a brand new car. That he never. That if he dreamt of it, he would say, Oh, this is just a dream. Mm. Because the company couldn't afford to buy a Tokumbo car. <laughs> For the CEO. Now, this is the company now that now bought a brand new car. Big believe. So he was crying. Mm. He was, well, as he was praying, he was crying. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very clear, I think. So you. It was a big deal. It was a huge deal. It's still a huge deal that you're able to turn things around quite quickly. What would you say in terms of like managing work and life at that point in your career? Because I think another big thing that people in their 20s face is especially when you're newly married and both of you are ambitious or you guys are trying to establish yourselves find your career how did you manage that significant challenge of turning a company around that was practically dead <laughs> to being alive and then doing quite well you know in a very short space of time whilst also having very very young kids and then we were just 
um, you know, at the time, one good thing, I was, um, I was focused on was, my job was very challenging. Mm -hmm. Like I've said that this was a company, a debt company, so I needed to, to go extra mile mm -hmm. to be able to put it back. Okay? And I was happy because I wanted my wife at the time to have a job that is not tedious, mm -hmm. a job that would uh, not be challenging, mm -hmm. so she could have a lot of a lot of time to take care of the home front, taking mm -hmm. the kids and all that. Mm -hmm. I was happy because that was the kind of job that was well, we Yeah, and she was working on publishing, on publishing number one, was a top of the house. Mm -hmm. Thirty minutes, thirty mm. minutes, yeah, and all that, and then she she they close on time, they close at four thirty. Okay. As against five o'clock, which people on the island were, so she would close at four thirty, and by five she was home. Mm. So she would have time to look after the kids. Mm. She had time to put the home front in order. Mm. While I, I would not come back, I would come back from the office until eight, sometimes nine, nine thirty, and all that, and I was traveling. You know, trying to establish batteries and all that. But she kept the home front. Mm -hmm. And that was how I was able to. Balance. Yes. If she had. If she, if she was working in a company. And I mean, in a, in, she was having a job that was challenging. Mm -hmm. That would involve her too to be traveling. Okay. Ah, that would be very. Mm -hmm. So my work was very challenging, very, very tedious. But she had a softer one. Mm -hmm. You know, that. Give her enough time to take care. Mm. Yeah. That's to the extent that for someone we had Yemi, I wasn't at home. Mm. I wasn't at home. Mm. It was my neighbor that took her to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. So that was the kind of mm. job I had then. Yeah. So it's very important, I think, as like couples and, yeah. and when you're getting married, kind of establishing yes. um the order of the day. Yes. Right, and, and and understanding where you both are in your career. If one person's career is yes. kind of challenging, yes. lots of pressure, lots of demand, mm -hmm. it would be very difficult to have someone else yes. who also is on that same road because you guys will have time for yourselves, yes. for the children, for yes. the home. Yes. So, but then it's it's a sacrifice, right? Yes. For the other person. Uh, yes. Because if mommy decided that she wanted to also have and you know a huge career that i mean which she did she got to that right eventually later, later. yes and i didn't mind mm. and, but at that initial stage at that initial particularly when you guys were growing up mm. i wanted mm. a job that would uh, that would give her the flexibility flexibility mm. to be able to take care of the children mm -hmm. look after you and all of that you know, knowing fully well that I have a very, very challenging yeah. aha. And it was for a time. And it was for a time. Yeah. So for a time. Yeah. And so for a time. Yeah. After the initial something and she got something much already, I I supported her fully. Mm -hmm. Fully. Yeah. She liked it too. Yeah. Yeah. I never obstructed her career goals and all that. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. This has been really, really great. Um, what is one final advice 
you would tell people in their 20s or maybe you would tell yourself again your younger self um about life and work family and all of those things in your 20s um one thing is um because i know um people in their 20s these days they People play a lot. Uh, they don't take their career, you know, seriously. Um, they are very playful. They are not to focus. So my advice is that I always tell people, whatever is working at all is working well. Uh, you must maintain your focus. You must be hardworking. You must be prayerful, and then. Ensure that there are no distractions. Make sure that in the midst of the, there will be distractions. Mm. In the midst of the distractions, maintain your lane. Mm. Maintain your focus. Mm. Uh, uh, don't think that oh, I am still young. I am still young. You know, if you say oh, I'm still young, ah, twenty, I still have time to live. You will never know. Mm. And once once you are used to a particular tradition, mm. it's always difficult to 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 change. Mm. So, just make sure that at least you are focused, and then you, you are focused on the ball, and then and you have uh, uh, some desired goals. You know, at that age, make sure that you are focused on those goals, and then you store that. You, you once you are able to get that focus, God will help you, and then you move on. You meet up with that goals. Great. So. This has been amazing. I'm sure everyone is going to benefit from it, Daddy. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's great you. to have you. And we'll see you next time. Thank you very much, Vicky. I'm, I'm excited and I'm happy, yeah. you know, uh, to be a part of this program. And I hope that uh, I'll be able to share uh, some of my experiences uh, with you. And we have, we have learned one or two things mm -hmm. uh, that we use as your uh, takeaways. Yes. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye bye. bye, -bye.